Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. This is the fifth message in the series, Stand Firm, taken from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We started this, this series and we talked about the fact that in the last days, false teachers, false prophets, false doctrine will be rampant. Then we talked about a spirit of fear will absolutely grip, grip the heart of humanity. The third message, we talked about the spirit of lawlessness that's pervading planet Earth today, as Paul said it would. Last week, we talked about the great hope of the church, the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. If you're a born-again believer, you need to know this world is not your home. The grave is not the end. God still has a plan. Someone said to me recently, but the world is spiraling out of control. And I said, no, the world is spiraling under God's control. Our God is still in control, and you and I need to remind ourselves of that on a frequent basis. And then today we're going to talk about the next event after the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ, and that's the Great Tribulation. One more message in this series, and we'll talk about that final battle, the Battle of Armageddon. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, let's read verses 6 through 11 as our text this morning. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You need to underline that in your Bible. Whom the Lord will consume. It tells you clearly, succinctly, God is in control. God is in charge. There may be a spirit of lawlessness at work, and there is. There may be the lawless one who is coming, and he is. But regardless of what happen, what's happening and what you see out there, God is still firmly in control of the destiny of mankind. The coming lawless one is according to the work of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Had a conversation in my office this morning before service with Cal and Ann. They'd been reading this passage and the passage I emailed to you to read, Revelation 6 through 16. And an urgency, a sense of immediacy began to rise in their spirit when they recognized our time as believers on this planet is short and we must do everything we can do to reach as many as we can. And may I challenge you to start with your families. Begin praying for those, asking God to send someone to them that will bring a word of life and light and clarity into their minds that will turn them towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, your word only goes so far, and sometimes, particularly with family, they shut you out and turn you off. But I've got news for you. Holy Spirit can go places you never can. He can speak messages you will never articulate. He will touch hearts you will only drive away. So pray, Holy Spirit, go to my family. Convict them, 
draw them, that they might be saved. Verse 11. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Verse 12. So as we look at this message this morning, we begin to recognize that sense of immediacy and urgency with which Paul was writing. Almost 2,000 years ago, he picked up a pencil and began to pin this letter to the Thessalonians. He was correcting false doctrine that invaded the church that they thought the day of the Lord, the judgment day, had already come. They thought they had missed the promise from the previous letter about the rapture of the church. So Paul is writing to correct the heresy, the false doctrine that was spreading through this group of believers. You'll remember, I told you early on, Paul was only in Thessalonica for three Sabbath days. And then the Judaizers followed him, and the pressure became so intense that he had to leave. He didn't have a lot of time to disciple and to teach these believers. Two or three weeks at the most. So now he's trying to help them, put them back on the right path, tell them the truth. Listen to my friend, I've said it once, I've said it many times. Put yourself in, the, in a church where the Word of God is held and preached, where men's opinions are not articulated, but only what God's Word declares. It's imperative in this day and in this time that believers understand the authority and the power of the Word of God over their lives. It's imperative that we understand it's our responsibility to read the book to digest the book, to understand the book, to allow the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and illuminate the truth from God's Word. Because if we don't, we'll be just like the Thessalonians. We'll be led astray by false teaching and false doctrine. We have to know what it says before we can do what it instructs. So learn and read the Word of God on a daily basis. Someone said to me this past week, do you read a lot? And my wife answered the question, yes. And then they said, what kind of books? I read all kinds of books. But this is my rule. I pick up a new book. I read three chapters. If it doesn't have my attention, I didn't find anything in it. I read the last chapter. If I don't find it there, I put it away. This is the book that I spend my time in. You can read man's opinions, man's thoughts, man's hermeneutics. But until you open the book, you'll never live the life that God has called you and empowered you to live. The Word is our strength. The Lord, Word is our sword. The Word is our shield. Believers, get in the Word of God. Read it, study it, memorize it, devour it. Make it a part of you so that you notice as you're talking, oh, wow, the Word just came out. Oh, wow. I remember what Holy Spirit said through His Word. It begins to change your life. Read the Word. It's essential to live in this day and in this time. So when we look back through history, we see that forever man has tried to govern himself. You can look at the Tower of Babel, the first instance where man decided he was greater than God. You can see the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Chaldeans, the Romans, the Greeks, on down through history of March to, to Hitler and Lenin and Stalin and Mao Zedong and Pol Pot of the Komarouj. On and on it goes. Men trying to rule the world outside of the terms of God. 
Daniel chapter 7, Ezekiel chapter 38, Revelation chapter 12, all reveal to us that there will be one final human government that arises from the old Roman Empire. And that government will be built upon the power of Satan himself. And that government, like all those who've gone before it too, will fail. Because only God has the power and the plan to rightly govern humanity. Man will never do that. He never can. It doesn't matter. I've said it, I'll say it. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House if they are not following the plans of God. We need righteous leadership in America. We don't have it. So don't look to Washington. Don't look down to the state capitol. Don't look to your local government thinking they have the answers for my life because they flat out don't. Only one does. His name is King Jesus. And it's time to follow him. This government that arises will be headed by what the Bible calls the, calls the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist, the man of sin, the first beast out of the sea, the man of perdition. He will be assisted by the false prophet. Revelation says he is the second beast to arise out of the earth. And the false prophet will head a one world religion. Won't be Christianity. Won't be Islam. Won't be Judaism. It will be satanic. Understand that. Get it in your heart and get it in your mind. And that will cause everyone to worship this Antichrist. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Two events, we started this last week, that will happen prior to the tribulation period on planet Earth. Number one, a great falling away will occur. I touched on it briefly. I want to flesh it just for a moment, then we'll move on. Barna did a survey in 2018 that surveyed the previous seven-year period in America from 2011 to 2018. In 2011, according to his survey, 44% of Americans claimed to be born-again Christians. In 2018, seven years later, 31% of America claimed to be born-again Christians. The demise of Christianity has been happening around the world. Yes, there are revivals occurring. But in traditional religious circles, where Christianity first made inroads, it has been shrinking. People have been falling away, turning away. Look at the mainline churches today. They have abandoned biblical doctrine. Accepting, promoting, practicing homosexuals as bishops, pastors. My friend, wake up! The great falling away is occurring right now. People are leaving the church for one reason or another. People leave here because they don't like what I say. They don't like what I wear. They don't like what I look. I'm sorry. This is it. If you're looking for a political correct pastor, you're in the wrong place. If you're looking for a secret sensitive church, you're in the wrong place. It is my responsibility to do one thing, and that's preach the word of God. And if the word offends you, great. That's what it's supposed to do. The Word brings conviction into hearts and lives, and it's only by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we find the power to change through that same Holy Spirit. We have got to recognize this is not the day or the hour to be playing patty cake with religion. God, give us strong men and strong women who will fill the pulpits of America, who will stand and declare, thus says the Lord of hosts. 
who will bring men and women into the kingdom by the power of the preached word of God. Paul said preaching is foolishness to those who perish, but it's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. Aren't you glad this morning you're a believer? You've received a good report. God has changed your life. He set your path on the pathways of righteousness. A great falling away will occur. We also see that there is a restraining influence at work on, whole, on planet Earth today. That restraining influence, influence is in the person of Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 says these words, The work of the Holy Spirit is to convict, to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And when the Holy Spirit indwells us, lives in us, then we become messengers of His message. Listen, I'm here to tell you, we need to be friends with sinners. It's the only way you're going to win them. But they need to be uncomfortable around you. If they see no difference in you than every other friend who's lost and going to hell, something's wrong with your walk with Christ. I've come to tell you this morning, you may have had an encounter with Christ, but if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you are not where you need to be. See, it means living with Him every single moment of every single day, asking Him for guidance and direction, building your lives on the foundation of His Word. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that believers, followers of Christ, are to be salt and light in the earth. Salt for preservation, light to drive out spiritual blindness. Listen, if you are not salt and light, you're not in relationship with the living God. When the restraining force of the Holy Spirit is removed from the planet, because the rapture occurs and the church is gone, then the floodgates of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness will overwhelm this planet. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, For, God, for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion, that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What does that mean? It means once the church is gone, Holy Spirit is gone, God will send a strong delusion over planet Earth. It causes those remaining people to worship the Antichrist. A satanic empire, a satanic religion that will take men and women to hell. A great following way. Number two, the Antichrist, the man of sin, will be revealed at the beginning of that tribulation period. And with his revelation, he will confirm a treaty with Israel and many other nations of the world. And when that happens, this is the mind-boggling part. You've got to stay with me. When that happens, Israel will be allowed to rebuild the temple on the Temple Mount. How is that going to happen? Do you know what sits on the Temple Mount today? Look it up. There are two mosques. The Dome of the Rock is one with the golden dome on top. The other is the mosque of Alexua that sits right where the Temple of Solomon was built. Yvonne and I were there a couple of years ago. In the eyes of Islam, anyone who's not Islamic is an infidel. Whether you're Christian, Jewish, or of no faith. 
And the infidels are only allowed to approach and enter the Temple Mount through one gate. And our guide told us before we walked through, don't cause any trouble, don't say anything, keep your cameras down, your hands in your pocket, don't pull your Bible out, because we will have a problem. When we walked through that gate, you could feel the hostility and the presence of the enemy. And then we saw the guards with automatic weapons, ready to engage anyone who should get too close to either of the mosques. Consider this with me. How in the world is Israel going to be able to build a temple where a mosque now sets? Because a one world religion will have already arisen. Islam is gone. Christianity is gone. Judaism is gone. I don't know what it will be called, but everybody's going to worship the Antichrist. And Israel will be allowed to rebuild the temple. Be allowed to offer sacrifices and offerings. The Bible tells us in Daniel that this peace, this covenant, will be for a period of seven years. But it's a false peace. Because in the middle of that seven years, you can read it in the book of Revelation, the treaty, the treaty is broken. 1 Thessalonians 5.3, Paul wrote, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman, and they shall not escape. Folks, the groundwork is already laid for a one-world religion. In 2016, the Pope met with the most powerful imam in Islam. And they signed a declaration entitled, Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together. After that initial signing in Abu Dhabi, the Pope then traveled to many other Islamic countries, signing the same declaration with Islamic leaders. On the surface, it appears that this document fosters peace among all nations and all religions. But when you read Revelation chapter 13, beginning in verse 4, and I'm going to read it to you through verse 8. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? Who's the dragon? It's Satan. Who's the beast? It's the Antichrist. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. He was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints. I don't even like this last phrase. And to overcome them. And authority was given over every tribe and tongue and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain for the foundations of the world. Can I pause right here and say to you, the only way to have your name written in the book of life is through the blood of Jesus Christ being applied to your life for asking Him to forgive you of your sins, to transform you, to conform you to His Word and His will. There is no other name given among men whereby men can be saved except, oh, say it with me, Jesus! He is the only way of salvation. There are not many roads to God. There's one road. His name is Jesus Christ. If that offends you, I pray Holy Spirit convicts you right now. Let the eyes of your understanding be open. Let the ears of your heart be attentive and hear what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. 
The hour is near. The time is short. And if your name is not written in the book of life, you're not going to make it. I can't be any clearer than that. There's only one door of access to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. And the sheep always enter through the door. Always. Is your name written in the Lamb Book of Life? If not, I'm going to tell you how to do that before we close this service. Your life can be transformed and changed in a moment of time. False religion during this time will dominate every tribe, every tongue, every nation, all the peoples of the earth. The scripture says will worship him. And then the Antichrist will oppose himself against God. He'll reveal his true nature. And cause everyone to worship him and the power behind him who is Satan. Daniel 9, 26 and 27, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 9 bears that out. John describes this ruler in the book of Revelation as one who has a vast empire over the entire earth. Great power, great authority given to him by Satan himself. Revelation 13, 2 bears that out. And he will continue... For the last half of that tribulation period, 42 months or three and a half years, to persecute anyone who dares to oppose him and dares to not worship him. I mentioned this last week. I want to follow up with you. Many people have taught in error that the first three and a half years of the tribulation period will be a time of peace and safety and everything will be good and we'll be, they'll be sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya. You need to read Revelation again, beginning in chapter 6. Because when you read chapter 6 through chapter 9, you'll suddenly discover that in that period of time, that first three and a half years, half of the world's population has been killed. It is not a time of peace and safety. It's a time of war. It's a time of destruction. The spirit of lawlessness is running rampant. Murder and killing will explode on the sidewalks of every nation. Revelation 6, 8 says that they'll die by the sword and famine and pestilence and by the wild beast of the field. We need to understand that it's the responsibility of the believer not to prepare themselves to go through the tribulation because we already talked about it last week. God did not appoint us under wrath, but unto salvation. It's our responsibility to be ready, to be ready for that day and for that time. Revelation 13, 16 through 13 goes on to reveal the next step in the tribulation. Speaking of the second beast, the false prophet, John writes, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for is the number of man. Six, six, six. The mark of the Antichrist will be required to transact any business during this period of time. Anyone who refuses the mark will be unable to buy food or clothing or medicine, go to school, go to work, buy gas, travel between states or continents or countries. And there's no doubt the vast majority of the people on the planet at that time will receive the mark. 
The groundwork is already laid for the revelation of the Antichrist. We need to understand that. What did Jesus say in Matthew 24? No man knows the day or the hour when the Son will return for his church. Only the Father in heaven. The devil certainly doesn't know either. But he's prepared. He's ready. He has someone in place to bring this one world government to a head. And then we ask ourselves, well, what kind of event would cause a one world government? We'll stop and rewind the tape and begin thinking, how long have people in this country, and Europe in particular, been talking about a one-world government, a one-world economy? The groundwork is in place. So what triggers the revelation of the Antichrist? The rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. When the church is gone, he is revealed. Statistics tell us that there are 2.6 billion Christians in the world today, and I use that term as a broad umbrella. They also tell us there are 700 million evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic Christians in the world today. You pick the number out of that. It's not my job to sort the sheep and the goats. Not everybody in those numbers is going to go. Because it requires relationship, not religion. But do the numbers. Pick one. Let's say 500 million people in a moment in the twinkling of an eye are no longer here but are gone. Imagine the voids and the vacuums that will be created in every aspect and arena of life. From medicine to education to commerce. Imagine what will happen across all lines when that many believers are gone. And that, my friend, is the event that will trigger the rising of the one world government and the revelation of the Antichrist. Now stop and think for just a moment. We've been, what, 19 months now in COVID, a year and a half, basically? It's been amazing how our world has changed, what people have agreed to, what people have submitted to, all in the name of health and safety. All in the name of, it'll be better for you. I put stuff in your notes this morning. I want to take you through it and very quickly walk through this. Know that right now, technology is already available for a digital ID for every person on the planet. Rice University developed the technologies for a vaccination record. It's called Quantum Dot Tattoo. It holds the record of the vaccination and it stays forever under your skin. It's an amazing thing, amazing technology. 20 years ago, we couldn't imagine that. But as the clock winds down, we see things in place that bring revelation to truth and to life. Folks, if you're not reading the Word, if you don't understand the times, if you're not aware of the day and the season, you're asleep. It's time to wake up. I sourced it in your notes for you. Another organization was formed in 2019 called ID2020. Ten manifesto points in that. I'm going to share three, two of them with you only. Number three in that manifesto says over one billion people worldwide are unable to prove their identity through any recognized means. As such, listen to this, they're without the protection of law and are unable to access basic services. 
participate as citizens or voters, and transact business in a modern economy. Interesting, huh? Lay that over Revelation and see what you think. Number five in those manifestos says everyone should be able to assert their identity across, here we go, institutional and national borders and across time. No one will be able to buy or sell, travel or work, receive medical care without the mark of the beast. Technology is already in place. In the March 18th, 2020 issue of Forbes magazine, Bill Gates was interviewed, and he called for a national tracking system similar to South Korea, saying that in Seattle, the University of Washington was already using it to track COVID cases so they could go back and source where those cases came from. And he said, we need a national global tracking program so that we can control COVID-19. You're quiet this morning. You should be. This should be shaking you to your foundation. You should be realizing you don't have time to play around. That day is gone. It's time to be vigilant, fervent, on fire, full of the Holy Ghost, and living for Jesus Christ. The Guardian, one of the four large newspapers in England, March 26 of 2020, Gordon Brown, who was a former prime minister of England, called for a global government to control and manage the COVID-19 pandemic. And I quote, this is not something that can be dealt with in one country. This has to be a coordinated global response. The technology is in place. The philosophies are in place. The ideologies are in place. All that's waiting is for the church and Holy Spirit to be removed and the Antichrist is revealed. And the seven worst years in the history of this planet will occur. So what's a believer's response? Five things and I'm done. Number one, preach the word. Preach the word. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Preach the word. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean it's true. Just because it makes you feel good doesn't mean it's true. It's time for believers to get beyond emotion and lock into a relationship that good days or bad days, I'm going to be firm and committed and stand on the Word of God. Number two, know the world is not our home. Philippians 3.20, Paul said, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.1-4, Paul wrote, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. The world is not our home. 
said it last week, I'll say it again. Stop building houses where God wanted you to pitch a tent. Stop focusing so much on today that you don't even consider eternity. The hope of the believer is not just victory for today, but it's eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven and never again being separated from the Father. It's a great error of the Christian life when we plant our roots so deeply in this temporary soil that we lose light and sight of what God has planned for you and me. We're pilgrims. Strangers, sojourners, just passing through the world is not our home. Number three, awake out of sleep. Romans 13, 11 says, and because we are transients. Tom, would you come back, please? Because we are transients, not residents in this world, every crisis, this one included, the pandemic, reminds us the return of Jesus Christ is very soon. Very soon. Theologians like the word imminent. It means at any second, at any moment. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 24? I believe it's verses 41 and 42. Two shall be in the field. One shall be taken, the other left. Two shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, the other left. Matthew 25, he begins that passage with the parable of the ten virgins. Five wise, five foolish. He said they were awake for the coming of the bridegroom. In Jewish tradition at that time, the wedding party, the, the bride and her wedding party would wait outside the house for the bridegroom to approach. And he always came for some reason in the middle of the night. And it was imperative that oil in their lamps and their wicks trimmed so they could receive him and usher him in in a parade of light into that dwelling. Listen to me, friend. It's imperative that the oil of the Holy Spirit is full in your life. You can't tell me, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I have Holy Spirit, if you're not living and living and living and living and breathing and operating in His power and in His authority. It's time to make sure your life is filled with the oil of Holy Spirit. Because if not... Read the parable, Matthew 25. You're not going to be let in. This is a harsh word, Pastor. I'm just telling you what the word says. And I'm trying to confront some of the stinking thinking that has held you bound in sinful carnal activities for all of your life because you believe I said a prayer and it's all good. It's not about an encounter. It's about a relationship. I don't like that kind of preaching. I don't either. I'd rather make you laugh. But that's not what God requires. It is a hard word. Wake up, church. Romans 13, 11, knowing the time that now it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Let me say it this way. We're living on borrowed time. We're living on borrowed time. Number four, be ready. Matthew 24, 42. Watch therefore, you know not what hour your Lord comes. Be ready. Be ready. Your lamp full of oil, your wick trimmed, ready to receive the bridegroom. And last number five, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. 
Oh, come on, church. This isn't hopeless. This is hope-filled. This isn't discouraged. This is encouraging. This doesn't make us wring our hands. It makes us throw up our hands and say, I know my Redeemer lives, and I will stand with Him on that day. It's time to declare, I'm born again. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm on fire for God. I see what's happening, but I've got a sure word, and the sure word is God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. Tom, do that last song that you did, that holy, holy worship song. In this room this morning, there's no shame. We're not bowing our heads and closing our eyes. This is a moment of truth. A moment when you decide, I'm going to believe the word or I'm going to keep living a lie. I'm going to do what Holy Spirit is convicting me of right now. I'm going to repent ask for forgiveness, invite Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, or I'm going to walk out of this place the same calloused, hardened, no good, contrary sinner that I came in. can't believe that preacher just called me no good. Well, look, there is good when you know Jesus, and when you serve the devil, it's no good. So you do the math. Two plus two still equal four. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in shoe leather have to make the decision. I accept him or I reject him. I embrace him. I make him my king and my Lord. Or I keep serving the devil. Horns on the head. All he does is lie to me. Get me in trouble after trouble after trouble. Never gets me out. Just buries me deeper. You got to make that decision. Today's the day. Everybody in this room, stand with me just a moment Tom's going to sing this great powerful worship song you're going to join the angels of heaven and begin worshiping but before that moment you're in this room you're watching online and you say today I got to make a decision I've got to move towards God I've got to stop living the way I'm living doing the things I'm doing I've got to embrace the truth and reject the lie that's you right where you stand step out and come right now I know there are many of you in this room this morning Holy Spirit's talking to you you be the first lead the way be that man or woman of courage. Yes, someone else. I know God's talking to you. I know the Holy Spirit is convicting you. It's time to step out and say, I'm making a decision. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm submitting to Him. I'm going to let Him change my life. Come on. Don't wait for somebody else. Come. Join this one who's already said, that's me and that's what I'm doing. Right here, right now. I'm rejecting the lie. I'm accepting the truth. So wait just a moment. All right, believers, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's time to stop playing church games. It's time to stop acting, stop acting like coming to church once a week is going to get you into heaven. It's time to get serious with God. Everybody in this room who wants to be as the wise virgin, whose lamp is full of oil, whose wick is trimmed, who are anxiously waiting the coming of the bridegroom, step out and fill this altar right now. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. I want to be that person who is ready, who is waiting, who is anticipating the promises of God's Word being true in and over my life. When you come, we're going to start worshiping. And as you worship, Holy Spirit is going to fill you. He's going to flow through you. New oil is going to flow into your life. Fresh anointing is going to cover you from your head to your feet. Oh, 
boldness and courage are going to fill your heart. Your mouth will be filled with the Word of God. You will speak truth for Jesus Christ in a darkened world. Anyone who says, I want all that God has. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. Step out and come today because God's going to do that right now. Now throw your hands up. Tom, begin to sing. You begin to worship. And as you do, Holy Spirit's going to fall on you. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive power, anointing, oil. Fall on these today. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.